Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Digital Engagement. This series has had a name change several times. It was social selling, then digital selling, and now in 2021, it's changing the game with digital engagement. Shout out to the longtime sponsor at SAP, Kirsten Boylow. Thank you for renewing for season seven. That's a long running series in my book. Here today, I have a great topic for you. I'm going to give you a little intro, and then I will have my three esteemed guests share their bios with you, then we'll do their opening quotes from interesting movies, and then we will get to the roundtable with their discussion statement. So here's a quote from Biteable, B-I-T-E-A-B-L-E.com. Listen up. If there was one winner in 2020, it was probably video. Just let that sink in. Probably video. With everyone online all the time, video became more crucial than ever for marketing and communication. Now, I didn't say selling. I didn't say just marketing. Video, the winner. Think about it. How many did you watch? How many did you create? So according to Biteable's video statistics for 2021, so far, 60% of businesses use video as a marketing tool. 14% of marketers create videos every day. That's right. I said every day. Are you in that 14%? I don't know. That's a lot of video. Video has been, my guests are nodding their heads. Video has been the king of media types over the last 12 months. Its popularity brings up important questions about how do people, customers, consumers, prospects, everyday people who aren't buying anything, how do they engage with video? What is the psychology behind the success of video? Is it long? Is it short? Is it colorful? Is it black and white? Is it got some fancy doodads going on in the background? Is it using these funny little things that Zoom provides you? Okay, that's another question. And what are the key features that today's marketers should build into their videos to ensure engagement success? So we're going to help you out with all of that. My panel today is Carl Yeh. He spells his last name Y-E-H. See, Carl, I said it right. At Benevity, B-E-N-E-V-I-T-Y. We're going to learn about him and his company in a minute. Mishka McInerney. And she spells her first name M-I-S-C-H-A. I had to learn to pronounce that too, Mishka. At Digital Marketing Institute. Welcome. And Ryan Sonnenberg at SAP, who's been on other shows with me. And we're going to talk with them about the most engaging video content they have experienced personally, professionally, and how technology, this is interesting, how technology needs to evolve, and it's evolving by the second here, to increase customer interaction with video. So join us for the psychology of video engagement, the new king of marketing tactics, probably the all running, old long running king, who knows, but here we are talking about this. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Bonnie D. Graham, happy to be here. And let's start off, Carl Yeh, so happy to meet you. Thank you for joining me. I'm going to put you on speaker view and Carl, would you please enlighten us on your background? What do you do? What is Benevity and what's your engagement with this topic? Carl, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Bonnie. So <clears throat> my name is Carl Yeh. I work as the, uh, I lead digital marketing for Benevity, a B2B SaaS uh, company in the corporate social responsibility space. So I actually didn't get into video like right out of school. I actually wanted to become a federal prosecutor. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I never really w- wanted to go into the marketing space, but, but it was interesting because, you know, I, I was all set, ready to go to law school. And then I know one co-op job really changed my perspective. And then I started getting into urban development, um, uh, got my MBA in global management, then went to the city of Calgary in their land development office. Um, that's the path I thought I was going to take, but then digital started taking off in 09. And I started loving creating content, uh, started my first podcast in 2013, but then really video started taking hold of me and my interest in 2015, where I started actually shooting video, shooting real estate, shooting documentaries, shooting, um, commercials, products. But then the position I was in, it was with Brookfield residential, I started a content marketing program entirely on video and that really shot me in. And what happened there is I really saw the engagement and I didn't, you know, it wasn't me. It was, I really featured experts and local experts. And what I found is that if you have a local expert and, you know, somebody sees that local expert, it kind of is an icebreaker and it, you know, builds that relationship right away. So you know, with Brookfield, they're a home builder. I featured some sales people on the on 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 our show, and the we got so much comments of how like people were showing up to sales centers, like, "Hey, I saw you on the video," and you know, it. There, there were some times where it actually led to a sale just because of that relationship that the person was built. So after leaving Brookfield, I kind of took that entire you know my whole video philosophy to, to, to Benevity and, and, you know, we're doing quite a lot with video, whether it's animated, you know, shooting behind the scenes, but I'm just a really big believer, not just because I shoot and, 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 and film, but I also think it's the one medium where you can build that relationship without having to be in person. Carl, your career path, enlightening, <laughs> amazing. You, you know, in comedy, there's a rule, never step on the line. When you said, I want to be a federal prosecutor, and we all said, what? And you kept talking. You always wait, wait for the audience reaction. I think you just shared the first tip of the show on the psychology of video engagement, which is feature real people that people might recognize and build a relationship. And I'll just share with you that I did a TV show on Long Island many years ago with my mom. I invited her to be my co-host when she was 83 and we did 257 shows over 17 years until she, a couple of weeks before she passed away at 100, she was still my, my co-host. But no matter where I went, people stopped me and said, how's your mom? How's Ruth? I said, do I know you? They said, no, but we see her on TV and we love her. Would you give her my regards? <laughs> we weren't selling anything. We were just having a bunch of people over 55, over, I call it the age of the speed limit of, in the senior realm. Come on, talk about what they do and their lifestyles and all that. Everybody want to know how Ruth was. And it, it was a lesson to me, Carl, early on that, yes, people want to relate to people right? Thank you very much. That was a great intro. I, I haven't heard anybody say they started out as a want to be a federal prosecutor. Yes. And yes, MBA in business. Man, you, you've got quite a background there. Mishka, we're so happy to have you. I'd Thank love you. for you to please spend a few minutes telling us what you do. How did you get to this stage in your career? And tell us what you do at the where you work. Go ahead. Mishka. Yeah, so my name is Mishka McInerney. I'm from Ireland. I work at the Digital Marketing Institute, which is an online learning platform for digital marketing and the largest certification of digital marketing. So I, um, yeah, I didn't start off in marketing either. I actually started off in medicine. 
uh, but I dropped out um, of college, um, med, med school, I think you call it in the US there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went and I studied uh, international marketing in Japanese. So I became fluent in Japanese, spent a few years in Japan, and I actually ended up hosting uh, a Japanese cookery program on TV which was interesting. Um, and then I went to Australia because I wasn't ready to go home yet. I went to Australia for a few years and I set up an online uh, marketing company, an email marketing company. And uh, now I sold my shares when I was leaving Australia. But actually that company is now worth uh, uh, 20 million. So <laughs> no regrets there. <laughs> so anyway, then I um, came back to Ireland. I set up my own uh, consulting company a marketing consulting company, and I really got passionate about digital marketing there. Um, And I started studying um, more kind of self-learning digital marketing, and I I became the digital marketing manager for uh, Electric Ireland. And probably one of my most memorable video campaigns was like, how do you get anyone to be excited about electricity? Because no one really cares as long as you switch on the light and the Mm -hmm. lights come on, right? So it's it's a real commoditized uh, market. And we actually were giving away tickets uh, as a sponsor for uh, Electric Picnic, which is Ireland's largest um, uh, festival. Um, And we did this online lip syncing competition to Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Uh Uh-huh. So you had to take an Insta video and upload it via the hashtag, or you could actually take it in a number of different ways, but you upload it to your social media platform of choice via hashtag, and it got sucked into a website, and then people voted for their favorite. It was like a kind of an online um, star battle. Uh, And you have these hilarious videos of people really going for it uh, to win six tickets to Electric Picnic, and it was just so engaging we got lots of press off it and I and I that's when I really got excited about the power of video in the entertainment space and actually to elevate a brand that sells electricity beyond the likes of some other companies that 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 you know would be more known for being festival sponsors so um then I moved into Bank of Ireland which is Ireland's uh, largest um bank um and then I moved into CMO of Digital Marketing Institute. And again, I'm looking at that power of the video to democratize ed- education. And I think it's, it's, it's another powerful medium. Um, and, and I think it's only set to, to grow and expand. So uh, that's my passion, I suppose. <laughs> Mishka, I, I don't know what to say. You, you were hosting in Japanese. You moved to Australia. You had a company you sold for, for a lot. Uh, very, no, very, I didn't sell it. It's now worth $20 million. I oh, didn't get that, though. <laughs> oh, okay. You sold your share. But anyway, yeah. what I wanted to focus on was we had the tip of feature real people from Carl Ye. We're, we're already into the show. We haven't even gotten to the meat, meat and potatoes of, of our topic yet. And I can't wait for Ryan Sonnenberg in a second. But Mishka, the lesson I got from you is do stuff that's fun. Yeah, fun, a contest, Get engage people in the process, use video to bring people into something that will benefit them either in connections and relationships and having fun and taking a break from their day, doing something that's different. And don't think I'm just selling electricity. Yeah, light goes on, light goes off. Please don't cut my power. But find a different way to back into and, and in other words, don't go through the, the standard way of selling a commodity. Find a, a different, fun way to engage people that surprises them. Did I get that right? 
Yes, that's it. Yeah, it was, it was such a good campaign. Yeah. Oh, that was wonderful. Ryan Sonnenberg, my goodness. I'm just going to say, Ryan, you and I have, you've been on a couple of my shows in the past a few years ago. So happy to see you again. And if somebody's back. somebody's been on in the past couple of months, I'll say, well, if there's anybody out there who forgot he or she is, just refresh their memory. But it's been a while. So why don't you just pretend you haven't been on before <laughs> and give us the who is Ryan Sonnenberg and what's sure. your take on video? Ryan, go ahead. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Bonnie, Mishka, Carl. It's awesome to be on this panel with both of you. You know, I, I, Carl, actually, funnily enough, I, my degree from college was actually in urban planning and development. So how I found my way to marketing, I have no idea. Well, I'll, I'll walk you through how I, I found my way to marketing. Um, basically, I, I discovered my love of story. I discovered my love of creativity and you know, through different roles, you know, demand gen roles and sales roles, and then eventually finding my way into marketing. And um, a couple of years ago, started a really cool video series here at SAP called Life At, where the only thing we did is we just told the story. And Bonnie, I'm, I'm going to say the restricted word here. Yes. We only told the stories of our customers. Yeah. There was no product information. There was yep. no, nothing like that because we didn't want it to be anything that was sales oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole idea of video, and this is especially true in, in 2020 and going into 2021, is that it's, it has to feature real, authentic, curious stories. Um, and that, I think, is one of the biggest things that, you know, my now day-to-day -day role focusing on, you know, delivering these stories, not only for, for SAP, but also for our partner companies is really to help them understand just the meat and potatoes of a story and how to, you know, build kind of that solid foundation. And one of the best things that, that I've even learned in Mishka, this is actually thanks to your company through the, uh, through the digital, uh, through the certification that you guys do through the DMI certification um, was really that we're not the only ones doing this. And then 99% of the time, my competitor has nothing to do with technology. It has to do with Netflix and Snapchat and Facebook and some of these other huge companies that are really telling a much more equitable and a much better story than I'm telling. And that's where it's, it's a fantastic time, I think, really for, for anyone to get into this space because all you have to do is to be able to simply understand the story and to tell it. So I think that's I think that's my my opening right now, Bonnie. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. And the lesson I got from you is storytelling. Obviously, put a story together, authentic, real people, and you don't. And here, the lesson there is, as you said, you don't have to be selling all the time, right? That's what you said, Ryan. Mm -hmm. It was customer stories, but not sales stories, not product stories about people. And you said curiosity, curious people. Very, very interesting. I think the three of you have one of the most interesting panel backgrounds, meaning the components of each of you, Carl and Mishka and Ryan, I've heard in a long time, the backgrounds, where you all come from, how you landed into marketing, into video. Very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing. We see where the lesson is we're doing something fun because we're all smiling and you're all real people and we're not selling anything and we're telling a story 
from the perspective, and I told a little bit about my story, and I come from a background in IT. I was an early woman in tech, and I didn't know that till somebody told me. Thanks a lot. Nothing to do with age, just years. I was an early programmer analyst back in the key punch days before Honey, Honeywell bought Xerox. It was a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 in COBOL on a key punch machine for the state of Oregon. And who knew when I became a broadcaster? How in the blank did I get here? I, If I ever figure that out, I'll let you know. So let's go to Carla saying, really? Really? I can see your expression. So let's go to the part of the show where they have each sent me a quote from, it turns out all movies today, we don't have any songs. And this is interesting. So Carl Yeh has sent us a quote from The Running Man, 1987 American dystopian action film, loosely based, and, and Carl didn't know this, I did my homework, loosely based on a novel by Stephen King, but it wasn't published as Stephen King. He published it under the pseudonym Richard Bachman. And here is the quote, a little language in here, everybody, but it's okay, nothing, nothing, don't have to send the kids out of the room, you cold-blooded, ba- I'm not going to do the Arnold Schwarzenegger accent, I promise, you cold-blooded bastard, I tell you what I think of it, I live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. I didn't read this before the show. Carl, rescue me. What in the world does this have to do with digital engagement and videos? Carl, you're up. First of all, you saying that was awesome. <laughs> and I just wanted you to say that. And it, it was, it, there's two parts to this. One is I just wanted to see if I can get that quote through, which I did. <laughs> And, and it's, you have a it's, bet. I'm the, I'm the gatekeeper. I'm the, I said, okay. I'm putting it in the chat for my engineer because Aaron's going to love this one. Go ahead, Carl. <laughs> it was, it's part of the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger collection of quotes that, you know, it's, it's just, it's so ridiculous, but it's so funny. But, but two, if you actually read through that, that quote, it's more of a, it's, I guess the cliche would be you zig when everybody's zagging or you're zagging when everybody's zigging. And it's, <clears throat> it's going against the grain and just really trying to do something different than what's being done. Right. So mm-hmm. I remember when video was taking off and, you know, blogs were the number one thing and, and people were like, you got to be on video. And it's like, okay, let, let's try video. And, and it, it's funny now too, cause like, you know, everybody, it seems like they're starting a podcast. So, but what is, you know, what can you do from a, from a Zag perspective or, or what can you do different in your organization that hasn't been done before? And, you know, when, even before I started um, at Benevity, one of the things, <laughs> this reminds me of the, the, something I just did in my performance review too, was I was like, I, I was in B2B from 2012, 2017, and then I went to B2C, but then I found out that everybody was still doing the exact same thing in B2B than they, they were um, now that they were back when I was doing it. So I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. People have changed. So let's, you know, what are the things that people are doing different? So for me, that, that quote is trying to do something different. And this is why I love video is that it's such an open-ended um, medium that you know, any interpretation, right? You, you can create something and people will love it. People will hate it, but you've got the free range. And it's just, to me, it's, it's a great place to really explore my creativity and really push boundaries that, you know, that we may have set upon ourselves. 
Thank you, Carl. Fascinating. I'm glad I did justice to the quote. I was just texting Aaron saying I could have tried the Arnold voice, but I really didn't want. I try not to sing and I try not to do accents on on the shows. And here we are. In a way, we're breaking the mold. We're talking about digital engagement and videos. We're supposed to be having a very, very serious business conversation here. I don't think we stopped smiling since I opened the show. I don't think we stopped laughing since I opened the show. And so we are being creative. Here's another tip from Carl, be creative out of the box and have a good time with what you're doing because it will resonate with the people who are seeing it, right? And we are visual animals, audio and video, visual. I call it ear share. People are, right now, I'm probably getting three invitations. Uh, Bob Jones is live on LinkedIn. Go watch Bob. Well, I, I want people to enjoy these shows, which is why these are conversations and not webinars and not lectures and not selling platforms. So, Carl, that was wonderful. I can't believe you got that quote past me. I skimmed it, but I never read the whole thing. Oh, well, here we go. Mishka has sent us a quote from Van Wilder, played by Ryan Reynolds in National Lampoon's Van Wilder, 2002 American comedy film based on the life of somebody called Bert Kreschker. I don't know who that is. Tim Matheson was in it and Tara Reid and Cal Penn. Cal Penn has had a very storied career, right? He was actually, uh, I believe, an aide to President Obama at one point on one of the campaigns. And he is a very versatile actor. Tim Matheson now plays everybody's father or grandfather. He plays older roles and he shows up in all kinds of, of dramedies I watch on TV. Tara Reid, I'm not sure who she is, but I'm sure you all know. Anyway, here is the quote. Um, let me see here. Uh, there was a prequel, Van Wilder, freshman year, reduced, released straight to DVD in 2009. This goes back. So here's the quote. I learned a long time ago that worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Mishka, this is a good one. <laughs> Help us. How does this relate to our topic of the psychology of video engagement? Mishka. Yeah. So when I when I think of video content and, and probably tech in, in general, I, I tend to kind of project a little bit too much into the future and I start kind of bamboozling myself with all of this technology and how it will relate to our brand and how do we leverage it to build our brand and and my my mind goes into overdrive and and then I have to kind of take a step back and actually go right instead of worrying or awfulizing or or even being inspired too much into this kind of forward facing technology what what do you need to do to be true and actually make sure that you will always be relevant. And I, I kind of boiled it down to, to be, being authentic and, and humanizing the brand and, and building that connectivity through that kind of humanization of the brand. And I think that's really, it doesn't matter what technology comes and goes, that if you keep those, that truth, that it will um, it will be a powerful way to to build a brand and build an engaged audience. So, so, so don't worry about it. Just you know, focus on the uh, on the important stuff. Thank you very much. We're getting good tips along the way. I think we're up to six or eight or ten already. Ryan Sonnenberg has sent us a quote from an iconic movie. I don't know if they end. They realized it was going to be one. The movie is The Help. It's a 2011 period drama film about a young white woman, aspiring journalist, played by Emma, St uh, Emma Stone. Yes, Eugenia Skeeter Phelan. And she developed a relationship with two maids, women of color, in the South, Abilene Clark and Minnie Jackson during the Civil Rights Movement in 1963, Jackson, Mississippi. And she decided to write 
write a book from the point of view of the maids. It was a, a searing movie. Very, very, so much going on in it. it. It was shocking and brought out stuff I don't know people were ready for, and there it was. And here is the quote. She is saying, Abelene Clark, played by the wonderful actress Viola Davis, I'm a big fan of hers, to Mae Mobley Lethal, played by, uh, did you know this, Ryan, that the little girl Mae Mobley was played by twins? In the movie. Oh, I didn't. Yes. Wow. E- Emma and Ella Henry took turns playing May Mobley Leifold. Okay. And here is the quote. Wow. And this is iconic from Abilene, the maid to the little girl. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. In dialect, Ryan, talk to me. What does this have to do with our video engagement topic? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it might seem a little bit like a stretch, but I think people who, who work in video have to tell themselves this, especially in, you know, 2020 going into 2021 with everything that we've been through. Um, there's this big issue with, you know, presenters all around the world where they feel like they're not supposed to be an expert. You know, they're not like, why, why am I, for example, sitting on this panel? Why is, you know, like, why, why am I on this keynote stage? Why am I the one, you know, that you're interviewing for this piece? And it's, I, I think we as video creators and we as video marketers need to remind people you as kind, you as smart, you as important because everybody has a story and everybody has a story that needs to be told. And then it's our job as marketers to not only craft that narrative, but to also help them deliver it in a super compelling way that gets more people to understand that. So every piece of content that that my team works on that we deliver that's what I hope our audience walks away with. Not only that they feel like they're smart and that they're important, um, but that they're walking away with that additional piece of knowledge that really makes them want to come back for more. So it's, it's a little bit kind of on the business side, but it's, it's just a foundation, I think, that we, that we all need to you know, be telling not only our hosts, but also our guests and that same message that we need to be passing on through video. Thank you, Ryan. So add value content that people may not know about or may not know all of that about what you're sharing. It might be a familiar topic. Engage people, engage their mind, right? Engage their brain. And you used a key word. You didn't say to customers, you said audience. People who are listening and watching, whether they are or not in your pipeline, right? Whether they are or not. Oh, I only want to talk to people who haven't bought my product. No, talk to people. And there might be people in that group who find it interesting enough to pursue it or ask more or engage with you. Cast a wide net. Can we say that, Ryan? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and again, it's, it's not about, you know, finding a prospect or, you know, finding a new potential customer. It's about finding, you know, a person that, that shares that value, you know, that shares your, your core beliefs. And, you know, for anyone who's watching the the live stream, you know, they can see behind me, I have a giant flag. This is do good recklessly. And that's a, a foundation that I've even learned. And, you know, Carl, your company, Benevity works, you know, with us. And, and that's one thing that, you know, we've been working a lot on is how do we do better things in the community? But in order for us to do better things in the community, we also need to be talking about those good things that we're doing. Thank you very much. And we aren't live streaming right now, but I will send you all the video later and you can use clips. I tell some of my panels, write down when you think you say something absolutely brilliant, write it down because you will get an individual audio track from me through Zoom that will have 
all of you, just what you said, Ryan, and just what you said, Mishka, and just what you said, Carl, and you can go and find those clips and post them. By the way, LinkedIn has become, to me, it has replaced Twitter as the place to talk about, I didn't say promote, but to talk about these shows. I was only, remember, Ryan, a couple of years ago, I was posting 15, 20 times on Twitter during live shows, and now... Mm-hmm. LinkedIn is the place to be. And I took a, I gave a gift to one of my clients of a nine minute and 52 second video clip of a one hour show, popped it on LinkedIn just for the heck of it. It has gotten over 1400 views. Now this is a business show. This isn't how to change the oil in your car and how to get more mileage out of gas and how to bake a cherry pie and how to keep your kids happy during the pandemic closures. This is a business show. And to me, 1400 views 800 of them were in 24 hours, I think. People are, look, there's your your video, nine minutes and 52 seconds, because LinkedIn, if you have pre-recorded material, only allows up to 10 minutes. That's all they let you upload. Well, that's not a bad idea, right? Keep it short, engage people, show the, the brilliance of everybody who's on there, but make it interesting and fun and use Use cool transitions to keep it flowing. There you go. So now it's time. We've got time for a couple of our statements. We have been basically in a learning and sharing mode since we opened the show. So I'm very glad about that. Carl Yeh sent me the following statement. We'll use this for statement number one. Carl, I'll ask you to take back about two and a half minutes. Tell us, expand us. I'm just going to read a little bit from it because there was a lot here. And then we will ask Mishka to agree or disagree or expand. And then we'll ask Ryan to talk about what both of you said. Then I'll pick one from Mishka. We'll go around Mishka, Ryan, Carl, and then one from Ryan, Ryan, Carl, Mishka. So here we go. Statement number one from Carl Yeh. While video will continue to be a popular medium for engagement, audio form podcasting clubhouse spaces will become as popular or surpass it in popularity. Them's fighting words, Carl Yeh. Talk to me. Go ahead. Well, it, it's just that, um, y- you know, you start seeing the the popularity of, you know, podcasting. Now it's Clubhouse and then there's Twitter spaces and so on. And I always thought that um, audio form content is the one content that you can be doing something else while consuming it. Right. So video content, blog content, you still have to pay attention. Like you can't be in your car and watch a video while driving. You mm-hmm. can't be reading, right? You can't be mowing your lawn. You can't be going to the gym. You can't be out for a hike. So it's the one place that people can consume it anywhere while doing something else. And <clears throat> now I'm I'm like, for me in my digital marketing role, you know, I'm a big into SEO and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what is Google optimizing for? Not just, you know, intent and what answering what the person's questions are, but also native language, like, you know, you, all, you read about all this advice, watch all the advice, make sure to write as natural, uh, you know, natural language. And part of me is because they're trying to optimize for voice search, right? Because there's so many people who have these smart devices in their home and they're using voice search and there's no more 10 blue links. It's just going to be one. So what is the content that resonates the most? And this is where I tie it in with video actually is because, you know, when whenever I I um, do any of the interviews with local experts, I literally just transcribe it and post it, and a lot of that stuff is ranking because it's natural. It's a natural language conversation. It's people are talking in the way that people talk, and that's what Google's looking for. So I I think yes, 
to me, I kind of put it in that it might surpass, but I think it'll be as popular and especially with the boom now and, and what's happened with the, with, with everything happening in the world with the pandemic and so on that, yeah, there is a chance that audio form could surpass or be as popular as video. Interesting. And, and I'm going to get to Mishka in just a second, but Carl, interesting that if you are watching a video, but you step out of the room or away from the screen, you hear the audio mm-hmm. track. So video doubles as visual and audio. As you say, if you, if you had a podcast, a video podcast, a live mm-hmm. stream on your phone plugged into your ear while you were not lawn mowing, that would be a little noisy probably, but doing something else that you, where you need to pay attention, you yep. can still hear the audio. So natural, right? Natural audio that flows that sounds like real people. If it's scripted, it has to be the way they would normally. Thank you. Interesting. Mishka, why don't you unmute and join us? Agree or disagree with Carl. Yay. Go ahead, Mishka. Yeah. So um, I'm not like... Uh, I think one of the things of uh, the phenomenals of video trend and certainly 85 percent of videos uh, on Facebook are watched and silent. So people are actually sitting down, mm. you know, watching another screen uh, and actually reading the video. So I think that's kind of an interesting space uh, in relation to you're still doing something. You're still kind of watching another screen and watching this screen. So I think that's kind of more of an interesting space, the, the rise of the silent video, if you like. Um, but uh, in relation to, to podcast, I think multi using one piece of content, as Carl said, um, uh, and actually multi-purposing. So you're, you're, you're doing um, a video uh, and then you're actually uh, building it into a podcast uh, and then you're transcribing it uh, onto the blog. Uh, so it's indexable, um, as Carl suggested. I do think that that will play out, but I'm not sure the focus will change to to podcasts in relation to videos because you do get that more of a human connection through through videos. Um, the learning experience, which is actually one of the, the biggest rise in, in, in videos, is that learning experience and health. Um, so education and health is the biggest rise in, in videos in the last year. Uh, and that wouldn't necessarily be fa- facilitated as well through through podcast medium. So I think it's the certainly on the entertainment side absolutely because because you could um uh, and maybe some more of the kind of the interviews or education but not the how-to stuff um which we've seen a massive increase in the last year so so yes and no is what <laughs> would be my thoughts well i like that she went out on on both sides of that that uh, that continuum mm-hmm. of agreeing versus disagreeing. Ryan Sonnenberg, agree or disagree with Carl and or with Mishka? You've got two people to talk to. What do you think? You know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Mishka's approach here and agree and disagree. Um, <laughs> I, 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 look, I look at it as video builds credibility and audio helps your audience stay with you. So you need a way to to build kind of an audience and you really need a way to get someone to actually trust in what you're saying. And I think video lends that credibility a lot more and kind of to, to add to Mishka's um, stats that she said, you know, she said 85% of Facebook videos are watched um, silent. Well, it's also now 40% of Instagram videos are also watched while silent and Instagram's entire platform is based on um, visual. You know, it's, it's a very visual photo, video, heavy platform. And I think that there is a wonderful, you know, kind of blend and connection that we can make with video and audio 
and making sure that they're, you know, engaging the right people at the right time. You know, I'm not going to watch a video while I'm, you know, out running at the gym or walking or doing anything like that. Um, but I could potentially turn on a YouTube video and just listen to the content that's being delivered. So it, it really depends on whatever medium it is and where you're trying to put these assets that really are going to drive not only your audience engagement, but also um, drive your drive your connection with the people that you're trying to, to get a hold of. Thank you very much. Carl, you sparked quite a conversation around the table. I can't remember the last time we had an agree and disagree from both of the reactors. Carl, anything you want to say back to your colleagues on the panel? I think the, the only thing that uh, I also want to highlight is that I think I noticed more, like you'll see more and more people are trying to find ways to consume content faster, right? So mm -hmm. even just looking at my behavior, I consume podcasts at like 1.5 times or two times just because there's so many out there. And with video, you should see my YouTube playlist. I've like, I've saved so many videos that it's just, I'm trying to get through them all, but there's just more being created that I like, you know, I'm saving more and I can't get through them all. So to me, the reason why I, I talk about audio too, is that it's, again, it's an easy way to consume and mm -hmm. co coming from video, don't get me wrong. I, I still believe that you still need to see the person um, and, and to build that relationship. But there is something about putting somebody in your ear or a group of people in your mm -hmm. ear. And, you know, it, it's like they are talking to you if, if done right. Um, even if, you know, somebody is listening to this show while running, while doing something else, it's as if we're talking to them. So that mm -hmm. also builds that relationship too. Oopsies. Either or, mm -hmm. whether it's video or, or audio. But um, yeah, it, it's just, it will be interesting to see over the next couple of years how this form of medium is, is adopted at the same time as video. Thank you very much. And Carl, thank you again for sparking such a great round of commentary. I appreciate all of you. Mishka, I didn't know whether to go to number two or number three. I think I'm going to pick your statement number three because we just had a nice segue from Carl Ye about time. Time is on my side. No, it isn't really anymore, is it, Carl? Those lists and how are you going to get to all of them? I'm sorry to sing, but it just came to mind. So forgive that. Number three statement from Mishka McInerney is the death of the passive video ad. She says, we're seeing a lot more long form content appearing on YouTube and being favored in the algorithms. The duration of ads is on the rise on YouTube with the number of six second ads decreasing by 20% while 30 second ads have increased by 25% in the last year. I'm going to stop there and let you finish the thought, Mishka. This is interesting. Talk to me. Yeah, so um, an ad where you just sit there and watch it and consume it one way, um, I think will start to phase out because you're interrupting someone's YouTube viewing time. Um, and so you have to make it relevant and you have to add value to the viewer. So just talking at them, uh, uh, it won't work. Um, and also you're seeing this kind of, the, you know, the, the 360 video, more immersive media coming to the fore. So so how will that play out? And actually, it is a little bit tied to, to statement, um, the, the state number two as well, because what we're seeing is this kind of interaction, interactive 
videos, content um, through ads. So we're seeing, say, the likes of Ted Baker have this kind of shoppable videos where you can click on the links and you can um, shop for the content within the links. Um, so they had Guy Ritchie, um, Ted Baker had Guy Ritchie and it was Mission Impeccable or something like that. And you could click on any of the, the video <laughs> content. Um, now, that's probably a little too polished. Like Mayfair, for example, had DIY videos with clickable links. Um, but there is technology being developed that is really, really interesting in the space. So not even just shoppable links, but actually um, using voice control to say, stop. Can you go back <clears throat> to the scene where she's walking across the road uh, and then go, I like that dress. Can I buy it? Oh. So, so voice controlled videos where you get to, to, to go, go back. That is emerging technology. So I think given the fact that uh, we're going to more long form content, you're like the likes of YouTube are getting into more um, that, that, you know, the long form education, but also the long form movie content, the, those the ads that interrupt what you do mm -hmm. need to add value to your life. So you either need to um, educate, entertain, or be, be valuable in your ads. So, so, so that's kind of my take on, on that whole, how that will all pan out. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Ryan Sonnenberg, let's get your take on what Mishka just shared. Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually funny because as Mishka was talking about this, I distinctly remember watching, I, I love travel vlogs. And so I was watching this, this couple on YouTube who I religiously just fallen in love with. They're in a van driving across the United States. Her name is Kara and Nate. Um, and they did a really cool kind of like ad where basically I think it was like for Expedia or one of these, you know, travel companies where they were driving off in the Expedia timed ad made it seem like it was just a continuation of the video. Like I had no idea that it was an ad like until about 15 seconds in I'm like, wait a second, this isn't the same people that I was watching. And then it just, it piqued my curiosity. So I, I'm, I fully agree. I think that we're going to get away from the quick little, you know, six second Geico ad or six second, you know, whatever kind of pops up just to interrupt your feed. And you're going to start seeing advertisers and marketers get a lot more creative with their ad spend and really focus on these super micro targeted video campaigns, video or even audio campaigns. Um, one thing I'm, I'm a little cautious to to jump into. And this, this is just from more of a privacy standpoint, like it's going to be really interesting to see how voice controlled starts to impact ads in the future. Because, you know, if, if I'm talking to, you know, my, I, I don't want to say it because it's going to start ringing in the background, my A-L-E-X-A. Yes. Um, in the <laughs> Mine <background>. will too. <laughs> yeah. Mine will yeah. hear you because um, she hears the TV. If people have, if there's a character yeah. named A-L-E-X-A, she talks. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm, I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. So if you say something to that device, what's going to pop up next? You know, if I ask how the weather is, am I going to get an ad for a raincoat? You know, so I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see like how this is going to change. Because if, if we think about radio as a medium or podcast as a medium, every time you listen to a podcast, there's some sort of advertisement message thrown in there. So this could be kind of the, the next future thing that we see. Who knows? Interesting. Who knows? That's what we're here to talk about. Carl, yay, join us. Thoughts on what Mishka shared and Ryan's comments. Carl? Well, it, it's neat because I, <clears throat> for YouTube, I have um, 
uh, I have YouTube Red or YouTube Premium, right? So I don't get to see the ads anymore just because I just don't want to see the ads and I consume a lot of YouTube. But I, I don't know about YouTube, but I also see that it isn't just the ads in um, like that, you know, in the interrupt type ad, but it's more of like the influencer or the major channel that starts doing the ad itself. So I've started seeing a lot of the people that I follow, they have a little clip or a little ad that they do within the video themselves. So it doesn't even pop up. They just do the ad within the video themselves <clears throat> related to their channel. So like, you know, I, I follow like Fung Bro Foods and, you know, they travel around the country looking at different foods. And for, for some odd reason, they, they had like, he did a commercial on like a pillow, which kind of was like, this doesn't make any sense. But then he kind of tied it back to the channel and then went right into, you know, what the topic was. So it's really interesting how those, those interruptive based could turn into more of like, you know, the, the, the advertisers could just target the influencers and Hey, could you, could you do it within the show itself? You know, we don't even want to run the ads. We'll just ask them to run it in the show and it'll have way better reach because you can't really, you know, skip it. It's in the video itself and you know, you, you can forward it, but it's there. So that's another element that, that could be um, that's, that's there. Very interesting. Thank you, Mishka. Good topic. Anything you want to say back to the two co-panelists? No, I would agree with that influencer assessment, Carl, because um, it has to be real and it has to be authentic. So in the video itself is the definitely the best way and having that interactivity and that authenticity. And I think influencers has lost its way a little bit. I think it's gone a little bit kind of, you know, stamping your brand, your logo on, on a product. So this brings back the authenticity. It has mm -hmm. to be real. They have to be passionate about it. Otherwise, you know, people aren't going to believe what they're yeah. talking about and what they're selling. So I do think that that is definitely going to be a feature uh, of the way influencer engagement will work in, in the future. So that's a good shout out. Interesting. As I'm listening to all of this, I play Words with Friends at night. That's my last before I go to bed. I have a big iPad, prop it up on my tummy in bed. I have the stylus, the magnetic stylus, and I have, oh, between 17 and 25 games a night. I play with certain people, multiple games, and I look forward to it. They know I'm going to do it when I go to bed at one in the morning, wherever they are, and they're going to do it. And I can hear them pinging in the morning and the afternoon. I'm the late night responder. What if I run out, I'm still awake and I run out of games, I go to a, a game called Free Cell. It's a form of solitaire that somebody told me about years ago, and it's addictive, I'll warn you. But the on the version I play on my iPad Every time I go to refresh and do a new random game, a new random deal, it forces me to watch an ad. You can't, don't have the little X that you can get rid of it. There's a, a line across the bottom and it shows the progress. You cannot stop it. You have to watch. It's, I haven't timed it, but I'm guessing it's maybe 20 seconds. It's long. And mostly it's stuff I have absolutely no interest in. It's obviously not targeted to me at all. Sometimes they're advertising a uh, health insurance plan that I'm already on, which makes no sense because I'm already a subscriber. Sometimes it's women's underwear. Sometimes it's cookware. I never, it's puzzles, going out of sale, going out of business sale for creative, individualized jigsaw puzzles. Beautiful puzzles, by the way. They were reduced from $199 to $19.99. I almost bought one, but I've done my puzzle thing for the pandemic and that's over. But it's annoying. So I'll just 
look around the room and focus or close my eyes and I'll, I'll peek. Is it done? Yet? Oh, oh God. And then the X comes up. I also watch art videos. I'm a painter and I do a lot of acrylic paint pouring. And there's an Australian woman who has her, her YouTube video. Sometimes they're an hour long, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And she of course has ads that pop up. And I've learned that you can click skip ad after what, five seconds, four seconds, which is fine. But if you go back and rewind to see something she did, it knows you've already seen that ad and it will just gloss over it, which is interesting. I don't have to watch the ad twice unless I'm imagining it. Let's go to one more statement here. We have just time for one more. Ryan Sonnenberg told me the following. He said, video marketing, listen up, does not have to be expensive. Just create and start telling your story. Oh, tell us how, Mr. Sonnenberg, please go ahead. Well, and it's and it's funny, Bonnie, because I, I was going to go one way with this, but then kind of continuing the conversation, you know, I, I really want to talk about um, influencers, you know, because there's there's one really key demographic of influencer that brands do not take advantage of, and that's their employees. You know, their employees. I mean, I I don't know about you know any of your of your listeners, but I'll go onto TikTok and I'll see you know, 15 to 20 um, Starbucks baristas, you know, explaining their favorite drink. And that's been something that, you know, that's free video advertising for Starbucks. Mm -hmm. All they have to do is tap into that talent and, you know, really kind of build, you know, build their employees up as, as brand ambassadors. And I think if you just give employees tools, you know, if you give them, you know, this is the language that we speak in, this is the colors we use, these are the different asset types, you kind of unlock a, a massive, you know, wealth of, of creativity within your company. So really all we as marketers have to do is just do that enablement. And I think that to me is where you can really create very inexpensive video and turn it into, you know, big global campaigns. Um, I think that some of the most successful campaigns I've seen over the last year have really been ones that are, you know, shot on iPhone, direct from an employee, um, made in-house, you know, not necessarily bringing in agency support. Um, a lot of the time, it's just, you know, a quick, you know, 30-second, you know, how to do X, Y, Z with this product from this brand. Um I also don't know if anyone follows, like if, if anyone does follow, you know, TikToks or anything like that, but there's also one guy who he worked for a very well-known paint company. The paint company did not like that he was making paint videos on TikTok. They were insanely popular. Um, he actually got fired from that company and ended up going to a competitor. And that competitor hired him to do that exact same thing he was already doing. And to me, it was just a massive miss by this huge company because now this brand is taking that equity and all they had to do is hire an employee. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a relatively inexpensive proposition when you think about it. And it's a win-win because everybody feels good Absolutely. about it. Thank you. Interesting. Let's go around the table. Carl, whether you know it or not, you're sitting digitally, virtually next to Ryan. So go ahead, comment, please agree or disagree. Carl, yay. I think <clears throat> that's always a great thing to, to, to aspire to. I just, I found it, it's really, really tough to get it. And it obviously it depends which industry, but it's tough to get your employees to go out and, and like be those ambassadors or try to find them. Even if you give them the, you know, the tools, there's just some times where it's like, how do we get them to, promote on their channels because some of the the i guess the the pressure back is well you know they're not 
they're not in the brand voice or there's no way we can track them. And, and it's always been a challenge to, you know, try to get your own teams to go. And especially if you have, if, if your team doesn't have that culture of sharing. So yeah, it, I love to, it's just, sometimes it's, it's such, it's, it's the hardest thing. And, and you can't be the one telling them to do it because then it totally loses their, their authenticity, but it's more about, can you find those people who actually do this and who are mm -hmm. actually big, you know, they, <clears throat> they love your brand. They love what they do and they can promote it because if you try to get people to do it, that it's not natural to them. It, it just mm -hmm. falls flat in its face. Thank you very much. Mishka, I want to get your comments on what Ryan said and or Carl. We have just about three and a half minutes left. So let's zip through this and then we'll have a one sentence prediction from each of you if you're up to that. So Mishka, talk to me. Yeah, so I think I would agree with Ryan. Um, I think some brands have done that really successfully. So British Gas, which is um, a gas uh, provider in the UK, uh, they did it really successfully. They have a home care unit where they send out boiler experts and home experts. And they couldn't do it during the pandemic because um, they could only do emergency call outs. So what they did was they took all of their popular queries and turned them into how to videos, which the mm. experts made in their home, put them online, really, really pop, pop, uh, pop, popular. And one of the views actually got 11 million views across what? the UK on, 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 on a boiler. <laughs> so, um, so it's massive. It's massive. And because it's really real, because it's from the employees being practical, being helpful, um, and they're passionate about the, the company and the brand as it is, and it shows in the video. So if you get the right people, it can really build your brand. Wow, a boiler, 11 million views. Who yeah. could even imagine that? Well, the, the power of authenticity of real people, of sharing, of intrigues. Who are they? Where do they come from? How do they make the video? What are they saying to me? Do I like them? Are they engaging me? Is it interesting? Am I learning something? Are they amusing me, inspiring me, educating me, motivating me? I think we covered all of the all the possibilities there. Let's see if we can get a one sentence prediction from each of you on where this is all going. Video, let's say by the end of 2021, because we're in March now. It's March 16th, 2021. Carl, yay! One sentence. Where is it all going? It's just becoming easier to everybody. Sorry, video is going to be easier to make just because the technology is becoming more consumer friendly, right? You. Anybody can now buy a cinema type camera for less than whatever it was five, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And you'll see even more creators create more amazing things. And it'll just permeate through all the different companies and, and, and people there. And I also think, oh, oh and Carl, I, also, yeah, I, need, I, I need one sentence from Mishka, one sentence from Ryan. Yeah. We're literally out of time. Thank you, Carl. It was brilliant, but we got to go. Mishka. And so small businesses can go online because they can have, you can do a yoga class to 200 people from your living room and that will explode. Into the end. Thank you. And it already has during the pandemic. Good point. Yeah. And Ryan Sonnenberg, quick. Beep, beep. Yeah, my, my, my thing is interactive content is still going to remain king. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. A man, a few words and a lot of thoughts there. I want to thank my three special guests today, Carl Yeh at Benevity, Mishka McInerney at Digital Marketing Institute, Ryan Sonnenberg at SAP. Shout out to Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire at Voice, Talk, Voice America, World Talk Radio. He calls himself my side. He calls him 
my sidekick because he earned that. We've been work- He started out with me when he was 12 years old. Now he's 85 because he's worked so hard. So thank you, Aaron. And a thank you to series sponsor, Kirsten Boylow. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Well, my car has been getting two months to the gallon. How's yours doing on mileage? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Carl Ye, just like Mishka McInerney, just like Ryan Sonnenberg. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great one. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again, Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.